Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at just two verses before we jump into uh, the lesson tonight. Let's all stand, if we will, and look at verses 9 and 10. Lessons 9 and uh, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shalt thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Uh, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer, and then you may be seated. Father, speak to our hearts from your word. Give us a biblical foundation on a biblical truth. And we pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to speak tonight on the subject of biblical stewardship. I'm not sure I'll get all of this in tonight. If I don't, I will continue this on because I have one or two lessons I I prepared to speak on. But biblical stewardship. Um, I want us to see it from a Bible perspective. And may I add just from the get-go... Uh, God has been blessing our church. We've been meeting budget. We've been exceeding budget. It doesn't mean that there's not more things to do. I think if someone dropped a million dollars in our lap, well, we'd put it for the gym, right? That's what we'd do with it. But uh, we would always find things to do. Everywhere we look, something needs to be updated. Something needs to be fixed. There's a hole in the wall. If you've gone down the stairs, maybe you notice brand new carpet going down the stairs. After 20 years, uh, they got worn out, so we got brand new carpet there. And that is pretty much everywhere you look, something needs to be adjusted. But uh, in God's good timing, that'll be taken care of. So I'm not preaching on this so that you give more. I'm preaching on this because God wants his children to be blessed. Now, it doesn't mean he wants his children to be rich. (laughs) I'm not rich. Uh, That's not the goal of the Christian life. The goal of the Christian life is to have God bless you so that you're a conduit through which that blessing flows. So God blesses you to be a blessing. So as God prospers you, it doesn't mean you buy another car, another house, another this, another that. It simply means you have more to put into God's work so that more missionaries go out, more buildings get built, more churches get blessed, uh, more of God's work goes forward for the cause of Christ. Remember that you don't take anything with you, uh, but that which you send ahead for the cause of Christ. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, is what Jesus said. And so you're sending it on. Now, how do you do that? You support missionaries. You support a local church. That's, that's called the storehouse. You support a ministry. You support a teenager going to youth camp. Uh, you, you pay the way for some kids to go to vacation Bible school. We never charge for vacation Bible school. Never have, never will. But it costs us X amount of dollars for every person coming. So how does that come up? We raise the money. Our church raises the money. And how do we raise that? We mention the need and people give to the need. And it's met. Always has been. Always will be. Uh, So our people are very generous. We've been giving. Uh, We're in the black. God is blessing uh, the gym fund is almost at 1.7 million. Our goal was to raise 2 million this year. I believe by September we could have all that done. Uh, just looking at what's happening. I'm just saying God's been good to us and thank you for everyone's making a commitment. I still have a few thousand more to m- meet my commitment and maybe others are paying on theirs as well. Got to take care of that. So I'm not asking so the church gets more right now. I'm, I'm asking so that you have a life that's blessed of God. So what does it mean to have a life blessed of God when we think of stewardship? It doesn't mean you have more. It means you have more to work with for the cause of Christ. So if your income's here and your bills are right here, How much more can you give to the cause of Christ? Well, 
what you have is already committed. So if, if this is what you make and, and this is what it goes out every month, in order for you to have an opportunity to do more for the cause of Christ, somehow your income has to exceed your outflow by some degree. Nationally, and this has been for the last 20 years, Americans spend 101% of their salary. 101% of their salary. What's that mean? We're in debt with credit cards. That's what that means. We're in debt with cards. I was just talking to a college student yesterday on the phone, and he was calling me, and uh, he was talking about buying a car. And he's found a car. A used Lexus. And I said, yeah, I, I'm sure every college student would love to have a used Lexus. Uh, how much do they want for it? He told me. How much you have? He told me. I said, I would buy a car with what you have if it would go from point A to point B. When you graduate, you'll get a job, you'll make money, then get a car but you do not need to work in college just to pay a car payment. Don't do that. The best kind of car to drive is one that's paid for. Amen? Oh, yeah, man, if it's paid for, I don't care how many miles on it. I don't care how old it is. If it's paid for, it's a luxury ride. It's paid for. <laughs> uh, that's a good feeling. I don't have that feeling right now. Last year, I loaned my car to Pastor uh, Layman, and he drove it around for two or three. And he said, Pastor, you need a new car. I did not know that new cars cost the same as homes used to. <laughs> I did not know that. I didn't think I'd take a mortgage out on a house, on a car, you know. But uh, So I'm making double and sometimes triple payments per month to get that done as fast as possible. And try to pay that off. And, and it's not cheap. But I'm telling you, I love the feeling of not having a payment on a vehicle. And I'm going to get back to those days again and uh, be blessed as a result of it. So I'm talking about biblical stewardship so that you know what it is, the feeling of what it is to have God supernaturally provide for you so that you can be a blessing to others. Now, it doesn't mean you, you get blessed of God and you give 100% of away. Let's come down to earth. But you get blessed of God and now you can give some more of that away. Even if you tithe on everything that comes through your hand, if God supernaturally provides, well, you can do a little more. Hey, I'll give another 5%. I'll be a blessing to the youth department. I'll be a blessing to Vacation Bible School. I'll be a blessing to a benevolence fund or to missionaries. Or I can be a blessing. And you will know the joy of seeing God supernaturally provide for you so that you can do more than you ever dreamed possible. I give more than what I used to make as a pastor the first 10 years of my ministry. My wife had a daycare in our home. She made more than I did. I was the pastor, but she made a lot more. By the way, if you want to get rich, open a daycare in your home and have a lot of kids. I don't think that's allowed even anymore. Let me share with you from a biblical perspective. I got a little time. I'm going to hasten very quickly. First of all, a principled ideology. In other words, uh, principle is founded on the Word of God. We believe in biblical principle, thus saith the Lord. Whatever God's Word says, that is the final authority. It's not what a pastor says. It's not what a teacher says. It is what does the Word of God say. So when I say principled authority, I'm at least speaking from the viewpoint that I believe the Word of God. And I trust that as I'm preaching this and two people who are watching online, they would say, well, I, I believe the Word of God too. Well, good. Now that we all believe the Word of God, let's see what it says. I'm not going to pull up every verse, but I want to see a little bit of what it says and look at illustrations in Scripture. Let's look at, first of all, an example of a 
principled ideology. The example is Abraham, Genesis chapter 14, verses 19 and 20. The Bible says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of the most high God. This is Melchizedek, a possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the most high God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave tithes of all. Now, uh, people who don't believe in tithing say, well, that's an Old Testament, that's in the Old Testament law. Well, Abraham gave tithes of all 430 years before God gave the law to Moses that included tithing. So it was nowhere else found in Scripture. And yet Abraham gave tithes of all that he was given and uh, I could go into the details of the battle, and he came back with a lot of spoil. But he didn't do that. He he gave that tithe to uh, the most the the priest of the Most High God, Melchizedek. The example, Abraham. Secondly, the exhortation. Now, the exhortation is the teaching that comes from Old Testament law, Leviticus chapter twenty-seven, verse thirty. And let me say, I know we're not under the law. For salvation, we never were. The Jews never were. It was always saved by faith through the grace of God. The law simply showed us that we could not stand before God as we were because the law showed us how badly we performed individually. But Leviticus 27 verse 30 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, Solomon is writing. He's the smartest man God gave wisdom to, other than, of course, our Savior. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. We read that verse to start with. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 8 and 10, and this is in the very last book of the Old Testament, and Malachi was a minor prophet. It only has four chapters in the whole book, but it's a powerful book. But he says in verse three, verse eight, uh, chapter three, verse eight, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Now it's interesting, the choice of words. Uh, today, if someone comes to your house uh, while you're in church, and they go through and they take your television and they go through and find your silverware. Uh, they'd have a hard time finding that in our home, but they get our stainless steel and they go and they take all the things that you value. And you go home and your house is ransacked and it's like, uh, uh, they didn't rob you. They stole from you. They stole from you. They didn't rob you. You see, to rob you means that they have to take what you have while you're there with threat of bodily harm. That's robbery. So robbery is they show up with a knife in their hand or a gun in their hand or a baseball bat and they said, give it to me or else. Now that's robbery. Because it's the threat of your well-being. It is a threat of bodily harm if you don't do it. That's robbery. And the Bible says, will a man rob God? So what is, why is it robbery? Because we are threatening the bodily health of the body of Christ. What's the body of Christ? Well, that's the church, right? the local New Testament church. Listen, there's a reason a thousand a month are shutting their doors in America. People aren't coming. They can't pay their bills. They shut their doors. They sell their buildings or give it away and use those funds to support some other church that is getting along. Because the body of Christ is threatened when God's people withhold their giving. Interesting enough, 3% of Christians across the board in America tithe. 
I didn't say 30%, I said 3%. So there's a reason why the churches in America are not doing so well. I read one time that the average megachurch, which has maybe 10,000, maybe more people going to it, they said the average giving is a little more than $10 a week. So if it was a tie, that means they only are making $100 a week. That's amazing how people live on that. Chances are they're not tithing, right? So in other words, they have to have thousands of people to still pay the bills, to make the church healthy financially. They have to have a lot of people giving a little, and they have to have a few mega donors, a few people giving millions and by the way, that's how megachurches operate. There's always a few people that give a great amount of money. Now, at Grandview Baptist Church, we've never had that. We just have hardworking people who give. That, that's, that's how we've always operated. So you have by example, then exhortation. Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the window of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So in other words, God says, if you will trust me on this, and you will by faith do what I say, here's what God says, I promise you, Now, the pastor didn't promise you that, but God did. He said, see, prove me. God says, prove me and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. Now, you you say, you know, someone say, "Ah, that's prosperity uh, gospel. No, it's not. Uh, It's just biblical principle. God doesn't want you to be rich. That's not his will for your life. Uh, uh, About two years ago, I preached on a a message on everything God says about being rich. I preached on a Wednesday night. You know what it says? Be careful. Because if you're rich, it's going to go to your head. Very few wealthy Christians are givers. I'll just say that. The poorer you are, the higher your percentage of giving. In other words, the less money you have, the more you trust Jesus. (laughs) The more money you have, the less you trust Jesus. So what does God say about wealth? Never make that your goal. It says the the rich pierce themselves through with, with many sorrows. See, you don't want that. And so, but you say, well, you're saying you, you want to be blessed. Yeah, you want to be blessed to be a blessing to your family, to your children, to your grandchildren, to your church, to, to kids going to youth camp, to missionaries, to, uh, uh, not just so you have another garage to put another vehicle in or another house or another. Uh, that's fine if you've got plenty and you're generous toward God. But the goal is to be generous toward the things of heaven. Whatever you're giving to the cause of Christ, you are laying up treasures for yourself. So I said, first of all, the example is Abraham. The exhortation is found in Scripture. The eternal, the eternal is the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, And verse 14 is going to say, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Now, that's Jesus. So, the Word of God is Jesus. He is eternal. He is God in flesh. He is Jesus, uh, God the Son, third part of the Trinity, second part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, eternal. Uh, What does Jesus say about it? Well, glad you asked. John, not John, Luke, Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give 
And it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So what did Jesus say about giving? Give and it shall be given unto you. Well, I don't make a lot. Well, you don't have to have a lot to give. Keep in mind, in Scripture, the two greatest gifts mentioned, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament, two greatest gifts. One was the widow of Zarephath, who had a little bit of oil in a cruise and a little handful of meal in a barrel, and she gave it all to God's man. What happened? She survived the famine. In the New Testament, it was a little widow woman who comes up with no drama and just comes up, sticks her hand over the jar of the treasury just in the front of the temple and drops two mites. Two mites. Together they make about a quarter to one half of a cent. And she drops it in. And Jesus said, she's given the greatest gift. These men gave out of their abundance, but she gave all that she had. Now, God was not trying to tell us to give all that we have, but he was trying to show us that he sees when you give out of what you have to give. So as you're giving, what's your resources? And if you're giving out of meager resources, God thinks you're doing a great job. And so never worry if it's not thousands and this or that. Don't worry about that. God sees your heart and that's what he's looking for. That's what he's wanting. So the eternal. And then the epistle, that would be Paul. In 2 Corinthians Chapter 9, verse 6, it says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So what does the Apostle Paul say? Remember, he spent three years in Arabia being taught by Jesus Christ, right? So what he's teaching to the church, he's not making this up. He's speaking by the word of the Lord. This is what God told him. The same Jesus that said Luke chapter 6 verse 38 is the same Jesus that taught the Apostle Paul how to instruct Christians about giving. And so he takes 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, all two chapters, speaking on nothing else but giving in those two chapters. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If you have an acre garden, you're going to spend so much money on seed to plant that acre garden. Maybe you plant some corn, so you buy some corn seeds. Maybe you want some lettuce, maybe some cabbage, uh, maybe some other things. And so you go and you buy that seed. But if you're going to fill up many, 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 many acres. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was preaching in Indiana, and I was there at Burn, Indiana, where Pastor Layman's father has Amish County country, Amish country popcorn. And I said, how many acres of corn or popcorn do you raise? He said, well, most of that I, I, uh, I pay people for their land and they raise it and I buy it from them. I said, how many acres would that be? He said, well, it's about 2,600 acres of popcorn. Wow. So I'm looking at his toys, tractors with tires taller than I am. Dooley's on the front, Dooley's on the back. <laughs> you know, that's only a half a million dollars. His combine, half a million dollars. Uh, and he has to have several of them. And all these things. He's got millions of dollars just in equipment sitting around waiting for planting season and waiting for weeding season and waiting for harvest season. 
But it takes that. He has these silos everywhere around. Every one of them hold a million, a million pounds or bushels or something. It's a whole lot of corn. And he's got dozens of them. In other words, if you sow sparingly, you reap also sparingly. You, you sow bountifully, you reap also bountifully. He was telling me on the planter, it's all computerized and it counts every seed and it puts every seed so many inches for out of 35 space. I've got three more minutes. Come on in. Now the epistle. Now the inquiry. Here's what I want us to see. Luke chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Give an account of your stewardship. Uh, Go ahead and open the door. They can keep on coming in. It doesn't bother me preaching. I still got two more minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, here's the challenge. Okay, here's the challenge. For a Bible-believing preacher, what's the challenge? It's preparing his people to give an eternal account without you getting upset with the messenger on earth. Right? That's the challenge. They say you give a lot more. It doesn't raise my salary. (laughs) It doesn't affect me. It affects you. It It affects the work of God. That's what it affects. So in other words, the reason a pastor is trying to get his people to give is he knows the Bible says we're going to give an account. We are stewards. It's not our stuff. It's God's. And we're just stewards of it. So I've got to tactfully say to people, you ought to, you ought to give. You'll appreciate it one day. You'll be thrilled when you get to heaven and God sees what you did. And you, you won't regret it then. You won't regret that you didn't have a 2022 car to drive around then. You won't regret that you sacrificed to send your kids to Christian school then. You won't regret what you do for the cause of Christ then. You may now. But the pastor is trying to teach you and prepare you for that day you stand before God. And I want every one of you to be able to say, uh, I did what I was supposed to. And hear Jesus say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And my time's gone. It's 745. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, speak to our hearts about the truth of your word. And Lord, I pray that this presentation by Awana Kids would be a great blessing to all of us. And I pray this all now in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Play the piano, somebody. And uh, everybody come on in. Do we even have a piano player here? Not right now. Oh, not right now. Okay, Connor is going to take over. Here we go. We're going to get started tonight. The kids are going to file in here, and they're going to find a seat in the rows up here, and then we'll get started with our award night tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. It means so much to the kids and to us that you would come out and support them tonight. So good to see you here. Thank you for coming.
All right, well, they're finishing up there. Uh, thank you for coming tonight to our war night. Uh, to start out this night, okay, every night at Awana, we start out with pledges for our flags. So we pledge allegiance to the American flag, and we also pledge allegiance to the Awana flag. So we're going to start off with that tonight. So Brother Zoran has our flags. If you could bring those up. And then, let's see, Rogue, could you come up and hold a flag for me? And let's see, uh, Sharon, could you come hold a flag for me as well? All right, Rogue, you can come stand right up here. Got it. Sharon, you want to come over here? All right, and we will start with the American flag. If you wouldn't mind standing for me, and we will pledge allegiance to the American flag. Ready, begin. And the Iwana flag, the kids know this. We do have the words on the screen there, the parents, so you know how to sing it. Okay, here we go. I pledge allegiance to the Iwana flag, which stands for the Iwana Club, whose goal is to reach boys and girls with the gospel of Christ and train them to serve him. All right, great job. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Great job, guys. Thank you. All right, well, we have had a great year of Awana so far, and just a couple things we're going to do to recap the year that we had, and a couple announcements that we've had, and then the kids are going to come up, they're going to say some verses for us, a couple of them will sing some songs, and then we have some awards to reward them for all the hard work that they've put in this year. Um, but first off, I wanted to start off by saying every night we, have, we take an offering, and the kids bring an offering, and they get points for it. But the offering goes towards the Menendez family, and they used to be a part of our church, but now they are pastoring up in Alaska. And so every week we have the opportunity to raise some money for them, and over the entire year we've raised over $650. So let's give a hand to the kids. They've done a great job. And a lot of them, of course, don't really know who they are. And so I asked Brother Kenny if he would make a quick video for us. And so we have a video from them just to introduce their family and to show us a little bit around that church. So if you could show that right now, Brother Colby, and we'll, we'll watch that. We want to say we love you. We thank you so much. We're the Menendez family in Anchorage, Alaska. Thank you for supporting us with your offerings to missions. I want to introduce you to the family. show you how wonderful the auditorium looks and how good God has blessed us here. You can see everything right behind us about what it looks like. We want to show you the junior church room as well. Come on with us. This is where you would go to church right here in the junior church room. And uh, so what's the weather like here in Anchorage? Well, during the winter, there's a lot of snow. It is cold, but don't believe everything you see on TV. It's not that bad. Uh, during the summertime, though, the sun almost never goes down. You could be outside having a barbecue at 10 p.m. Be done at midnight if you wanted to, and the sun is still up. It's a wonderful thing. Anyways, we'll talk to you all soon. Hopefully, we'll get to see you sometime in the near future. Bye. is our hero night and this was a special opportunity we got to have to uh, uh, honor our first responders and we had some police officers come out and they brought out their patrol cars and we were able to uh, take a look at them and the kids got to go inside and mess with the sirens and uh, they got to kind of sit in the car and meet the officers and that was just a special time I think we have a couple pictures there do we have some of those 
I think this is the Grand Prix. Do we have the Hero Night ones? That's Neon Night. There we go. Awesome. So that was a special time. And then earlier this year, we also got to have our Grand Prix. And we haven't done this here for a while. It was my first time doing it here. And this was a, a great time where the kids got to take home the pine car derby cars, and they got to sand them out, or the parents got to, and uh, put some weights on them, put some wheels on them, and then we got to race them. And so that was an awesome time. The kids loved that. They got awards for decorating them and also for the fastest cars as well. So that was a great time. The kids loved that. And then just about a month ago, we had our neon night, and we celebrated that the first time last year, and it was such a big hit that we decided to do it again this year. And so we set up some black lights in the gym. The kids went all out with their light sticks and their neon shirts, and so that was a really fun time that we got to have. Um, At this time, we're going to have the Puggles come in, and this is our youngest group. They are two and three years old, and they are led by my wife, Miss Carissa Dalby. And while they get lined up, Krista is going to introduce uh, their group and their leaders and just a little bit about what they get to do and what they're going to do for us tonight. All right. We have such a great group this year of our Puggles. Our age group is uh, two and three years old. Now, some of them during this year have turned four, but they've been able to stay with us. Um, So we are very excited to have them. And this year, um, I have started helping with the group and just being in charge, and it's been great. Um, But I could not do it. I could not do it without my helpers. Um, They are such a blessing. And we have Mrs. Toby Hitchcock, Mrs. Judy Stevens, and Ms. Hannah Baxter. Let's give them a hand. Tonight we are going to be singing our Puggles theme song. And we are going to be reciting two verses that we have learned this year. So um, we are going to do our very, very best, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do our very, very best. So let's go ahead and sing our song. Great job, guys. Now we are going to say our first Bible verse, 1 John 4, 8.
All right, great job, Puggles. And we have a few awards to give out to them. We have two different awards. The first that we have is our engagement award. And our first award goes to Cole Munsterman. All right, and our next engagement award is going to go to Jackson Skinner. And next we have Graham Lerum. All right, and our next one is going to Cora Baldwin. And next we have Parker Donica. And next we have Sawyer Schmidt. And next we have William Munsterman. And our last engagement award goes to Wyatt Churchill. And our next award that we have is the Creativity Award. And the first one goes to Brooklyn Sullivan. And our next Creativity Award goes to Candace Howell. And next we have Jackson Lehman. And next we have Liam Early. And our next Creativity Award goes to Liam Fakari. And our last Creativity Award goes to Sydney Bruton. And let's give them one more hand as they head out today. All right, thanks for coming today, Puggles. We'll see you later. Right, and our next group is the Cubbies group, and this is our four- and five-year-olds, and they are going to get lined up now. They are led by our awesome leaders, Kara Mendenhall and Miss Elizabeth Gilchrist. Let's give them a hand as they line up tonight. Right, and they are going to sing one song for us, and then they are going to also say a verse.
right. You guys can go ahead and find a seat. And we also have some awards for you that we are going to give to you tonight. All right, our first award tonight is for Andrea Sullivan. Our next award is for Briar Butler. Our next award is for Evelyn Phillips. And next we have Isla Carlson. And next we have Lincoln Donica. And we have Maverick Wen Gronowitz. And next we have Wyatt Wooten. And we have Ethan Gusenkov. Then we have Evelyn Serrano. And Lena Ovenel. And then we have Juliet Fakari. And last we have Timothy Manning. All right, and let's give the Cubbies one more hand. Great job, Cubbies. All right, our next group is the Sparkies. And Sparkies is our K through second grade. They're going to get lined up here. The Sparkies are led by Mr. Sean Coe. And the kids love Mr. Coe. He's done such a great job with him. I'm so thankful for Mr. Coe and all that he does for our Sparkies. All right, thank you guys for coming. Um, I have the awesome privilege of leading the Sparkies. That is kindergarten, first, and second grade. Um, these boys and girls do a fantastic job every uh, every Wednesday. They're, the ability of for them to re uh, retain the verses is um, very amazing. So I'm very excited to show you guys what they've been doing. Um, this school year. So we have, first we're going to have a few boys and girls say verses individually, and then we'll have some uh, group uh, verse recitation. All right. Um, Azalea, I'm going to hand you the microphone, and you are going to go first. Go ahead and say the verse reference, and then the verse, okay? Colossians 1, 3. Oh, give thanks to God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Very good, Azalea. Very good, Azalea. And next is Daniel Smith, too. Raise your hand, Daniel. There you are. All right, nice and loud, Daniel. Say the verse. John fourteen six. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Very good. And last but not least is Kaylin Wooten. John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. All right, very good. And then boys and girls, are you ready to show them the rest of the verses we learned? Okay, who can raise your hand and tell me the first verse we're going to say? Darian? 
Very good. Let's all say the verse reference together and the verse ready, begin. Very good. And who can raise your hand and tell me the next verse we're going to do? Matthew. Very good. Boys and girls, ready? Begin. Acts 16.31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts 16.31. Very good. And boys and girls, you ready for the last one? Who can tell me the last verse we're going to do? Liam? Ready? Begin. Genesis, Genesis 131. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. All right, and we have some special awards for those Sparkies who finished their books this year. It is not an easy thing to do. These kids work so hard every week to memorize their verses and recite them to their teachers, and they get excited about it. They come up, and they're ready, and they're so excited to tell you how many verses they've said so far, how many they're planning on saying, and it's such a, an encouragement to see how excited they get about memorizing God's Word. And so we're excited about uh, what they accomplished this year and the opportunity that we have to reward them for their hard work. So first off, finishing their Sparky's book this year is Azalea Ganotsky. And next is Ella Pearson. All right, and thirdly, we have Jack Summers. And next is Jason Gusenkov. All right, and last is Kaylin Wooten. Let's give the Sparkies one more hand. Great job this year. All right, and lastly, we have our TNT group. They can make their way up here. TNT is third through fifth grade, and they are led by Brother Paul Potter. And Brother Paul has done such an awesome job as well this year, uh, teaching the kids almost every week and just having a great time with them. And he has done an awesome job. Brother Paul, if you want to introduce him. Thank you, Brother Connor. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, we have had a fantastic year in TNT this year. The kids have done so well. I have been so impressed by them. I'm going to share just a couple of things that uh, they have accomplished this year before we say some verses. Uh, I, but before I get to any of that, I could not do this on my own. I was uh, going through our list today of workers, and we have... Uh, throughout the year, we've had 10 to 15 different workers who have helped out, uh, leading the kids in their verses, helping them memorize, uh, helping them in game time. And they, they just do such a fantastic job. I'm so thankful for all of them. Uh, I have said to the kids all year long, 
Uh, I have never had a group say as many verses as this group has this year. Uh, To finish your book, you have to say 52 verses. Uh, We had 15 girls and 11 guys say their entire book, uh, which was incredible. Uh, And you can see on their uniforms that a lot of them are wearing. They have uh, little awards that they have had attached to their uniforms. Uh, There's different red, uh, yellow, green, and blue that they have for finishing their book. Some of them have gold stars. After they finish their book, they get to say gold stars. Thank you, James. Uh, Some of them have gold stars. Uh, Then to get a gold star, they have to say four verses. Uh, And some of them have said, uh, probably uh, finished the entire book of gold stars, which is about 25 or so, uh, which is 100 verses right there. So we have, as a group, said hundreds, if not a thousand verses this year. They have done incredible. I just wanted to brag on them for a second. Uh, And so you can see their uniforms there, which they're very proud to show off to you. Uh, But we are going to say some verses together, and then I have a few uh, individuals, uh, students, who will say some verses after we're done as a group. So I'm going to jump down to the front, and we'll say a few verses together. Great job, boys and girls. You can give them a hand as they go back to their seats. And I'll have James and Emma stay up here with me to say their verses. Uh, Again, we have done such an amazing job this year, uh, and I'm so proud of the kids. I I was looking around this evening, and I realized I've been doing this for three years now, uh, and I've had some of these kids for third, fourth, and fifth grade, and so... Uh, I'm sad to see some of these fifth graders go, but they are, uh, have learned so much while they've been with us. So proud of them. Uh, we have two students here tonight, uh, Emma Artman and James Kravitz. Emma's going to go first with her verses. Uh, she has two that she's going to share with us, and then James will go uh, second. Emma, you can go ahead with your first verse. Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant with goodness and truth. Acts 4.31 And when they had prayed, the place shaked where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. James has two verses, and as you can see, he has a lot of uh, work that he's put in this year. James, go ahead with your two verses. Romans 8, thir- Romans eight thirty-eight to 39. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Do I? Oh, that's my... All right. Good job. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen 19-20. Go ye therefore teach all ye nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded unto you. And lo, I am with you always, always 
even unto the end of the world. Amen. All right. Like Brother Paul said, they have done such a great job this year. Uh, we have some special awards to give them for all their hard work. Uh, we have five boys and girls who have completed all of their book and have completed all of the gold extra credit as well. And like Brother Paul mentioned, that is a lot of verses to say. So we have some special trophies for them as long as, uh, with a certificate as well. So if they could come up here when I call their name, uh, first off, we have James Kravitz. And next we have John Smith-Yuk. All right, and next we have Sharon Kim. And next we have Peter Kim. And last we have Sylvia Hall. Sylvia joined us about halfway or so through the year. And she had gone to at TNT and to at another church before. And so this was her last year that she's going to be with us. And she's done such an awesome job this year. She has caught up and finished her entire book with only about three quarters of the year. So she did an amazing job catching up. And she also finished not only the first book, uh, but she had finished all the other books before. And so she has completed TNT and we're so proud of her and all the hard work she's put in. It's a great job. Right. Well, great job, all of you clubbers. We did a, had an awesome year, and we're so thankful for all the hard work you put in. Parents, thank you for helping them with their verses at home and bringing them every week. It's such a joy to be able to have your children here and to get the opportunity to invest in them. Thank you so much. Uh, before we leave tonight, um, the kids are going to stay here, and then the parents, if you want to go and pick them up from there, uh, the leaders will hand them over to you. And then as we leave tonight, we do have popsicles for all of the kids tonight so they can look forward to that um also before we leave i wanted to announce our summer blast program that we are doing again this summer and last year we had such an awesome time with that uh, where we get to do some different activities every week and uh, outside we do have some people passing out flyers with that and that'll be starting in two weeks okay and so we have the dates and the times for that and all the different activities and all the fun times that we're going to have with that and the details are on there. And we'd love to have you there. If you'd like to come, it will be an awesome time. Well, thank you so much for coming again. Let's pray and then we will be dismissed. Dear God, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for an awesome year that we've had at Awana, God. Thank you for all the hard work that the parents and kids have put in, Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, giving us the opportunity to invest in them, God. We're so thankful that you've uh, trusted them to us, Lord. We love you. Give us a great night tonight. In your name we pray. Amen.